Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear in the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode number 74, and I have got one of my really good buddies, Brian Stevens, here with me. Um, he has come up to help me with a Rambo shoot day, and uh, is this your is this your first podcast you've ever been on? It's my first one, brother. And it's your first, first legit one. one. First legit. I don't, know if, <laughs> I don't know if this is legit or not. But um, so Brian and I have worked together a little over two years. We've known each other for how long? Gosh. Eight long, years or so. Long time. Back in the stick of marcher days. Stick of marcher days. Back in the back in the good old days when things were simpler. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know about simpler for you. They were simpler for me then. Um, but we've been uh, Brian's Brian and I've been working together on two different series in the last two years. First, uh, the Chronicles. Now the Roots with Hunt Stand. First was with Scout Look and with Hunt Stand and Scout Look merged. Now it's with Hunt Stand and uh, we've got to do some really cool stuff. Film some really cool hunts. Go to some really cool places yep. and. Uh, most of all, have a good time. Absolutely, man. That makes it that makes life way easier when you get to spend time with people that aren't a chore to be with. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. In, at the end of the day, that is what it's got to be about. You got a job to do, but you got to have fun and enjoy it. And if you don't, then uh, you got to reevaluate yourself. So yeah. Well, and the reason I wanted to have you on is I always everybody on the podcast always hears my perspective and Ryer's perspective and then the last podcast podcast Clay's perspective of what life looks like behind the camera and how to create good content. But as important or most of the time it's to me, it's more important is who is in front of that camera and the relationship between the guy behind it and the guy in front of it. So I wanted to get somebody on here who could speak to the relationship between producer and talent um, and I think that you've done this for how many years? 10 years. And, you know, and I've, I've been behind the camera and in front of the camera. So I think having both perspectives has been helpful to, you know, allow that relationship to flourish because, you know, you, you have two different jobs when you're in front of the camera and when you're behind the camera. So, yeah, I mean, 10 years in the early days, it was a lot of, you know, cutting edits and filming myself. Yeah. And 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 uh, you have a unique perspective on you understand what has to be yep. done and it streamlines the whole process. It's and it is really important for whoever is in front of the camera. Generally, most of the time, the person that's in front of the camera has spent a little bit of time behind it, and that does make life easier. But when you have somebody in front of the camera that's never been there before, it does make it really tough because you're hand holding through a lot of things that may not make sense to somebody. Like when you, when I'm asking somebody to do something again, like yep. we just filmed a bunch of shots. I'm like, Hey, can we do that one more time? Well, I see something I want to change. And, and, and you know that I yep. probably saw something. It's like, Hey, do it again, do it again, do the exact same thing one more time. But to have a working relationship with somebody, you know, that's what I want to talk about is how, or I want you to speak to it. So I'm not speaking to it. That way you can, people can listen to you because when we're on trips, I'm always behind the camera. You're always in front of the camera, and that's how it's been, and it works. And I think we've produced some pretty cool stuff. Yep. And uh, I kind of want to talk to what is that relationship? How does it look, and how does it help? So, first thing I wanted to talk about is you've worked with 
a couple other producers. You work with your buddy Billy. You work with some others in the past. Like, talk about how personalities with producers and yourself, how those can affect good and or bad um, when you're on a trip. Because, you know, you're spending a lot of time with that person. Yeah, I mean, you're spending a lot of time with that person. And I've always looked at it as <clears throat> I'm there to do a job. And I want it to be, you know, artful. It's not just about going and killing an animal. You know, in the early days when we were, you know, learning how to bow hunt and do stuff, you're just there to kill something. Yeah. And now, you know, to me, it's it's a, about telling a story. And it's about having people who aren't there when they're watching the finished product look at it from a standpoint of a piece of art and creativity and go, man, I wish I was there and, and feel like they're in your back pocket. And so you have to have that trust and respect. So when you get there, you have a plan and you have to have communication and transparency and know that I have a job to do. You have a job to do. But at the end of the day, you and I are teammates. We're going to do this together. And communication is key. And so that's the thing I think that's most uh, important is just knowing you have a plan, what, what is the outcome and how you're going to do it. And that communication um, is imperative and that nobody gets their feathers ruffled. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, I take feedback. I do a lot of things, you know, wrong and make mistakes. And, you know, but we've always had the ability to just talk and communicate. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, I've had, you know, producers I've worked with in the past that, almost have a different perspective of, you know, this is my job and your job. Well, we both have things to do, but it's really us working together yeah. to make that magic happen. Yeah. And so that's what I've appreciated of you and I over the years is that, you know, you've done a lot of really cool stuff, but you don't bring that to the table. It's as humble and it's get the job done. And so that's what I really respect about the kind of relationship we've had is that it's just, you know, a lot of open transparency and well, communication. It, it also takes on my end, if I want to do something and I need to do something and I see something I want to do, the willingness of whoever's in front of that camera to say, if it's going to be cool, let's do it. Absolutely. If I've got to walk up that hill again, let's do it. If I've got to tote this deer again, do it. let's do it. If I've got to drag this deer again, if I've got to climb up the tree again, let's do it. Whatever, you know, because when I'm filming sometimes, uh, when I'm filming sometimes and I see something, most of the time it's either, you know, us walking into a spot, us getting set up. And, you know, I'm, I don't have the camera running not you know, all the time. So I'll see somebody like, Brian, that'll be really cool. Can you just walk back there and come to me again? Or, hey, go back down the tree. I didn't get it or I was out of focus and you do it again. Never a complaint. You know, it's it's one of those things to where you understand the willingness to tell that story. And in order to tell that story, it's not it's not what people think of me, me just holding a camera, following you around. <laughs> It couldn't be further from the truth. It, it's it's a it's a it's a cohesive relationship where you understand what we're trying to do. I understand what we're trying to do. I give you direction. You give me direction. I tell you I like something. I don't like something. You say I don't like something. I do like something. You and and then you throw in the middle of that. We've got sponsors we have to take care of. We have to do things that we may or may not like to do, but we have to work those in. We have to make that as. Not not just as subtle, but as creative as we possibly can to make sure we're keeping the people that are paying the bills happy. Because at the end of the day, if you're not doing that, you're not going to get to go. It's absolutely right. And and again, it goes back to when you're there, you have a job to do and you still have fun and you make it enjoyable. And that's part of the relationship to me is the friendships and the relationship that you build along the way. But if you don't have that plan then you can't accomplish all these things and know what the end result is to tell that story the very best that you can. 
And it's going to require three or four shots. And as you said, I mean, you might do one shot and go, man, if we just tweak that shot this way, it's going to be that much better. And you wouldn't have known that if you didn't do it three or four times. Yeah. But if you're willing to put in the work and have the creativity and be open-minded, there's some really cool things you can do. And and the and the thing is, and this is what this is where I think a lot of guys miss the mark is they think about. Or I, I think about this a lot. Is I think about all right, we're going to film another deer hunt. We're going to Alberta or Oklahoma or the places we've been before, and it's like okay, we've been here before. We've already done this. We've already killed a deer, but we've got to tell a new story. Yep. What, what does what is that story? Is I go you you know you have a plan of what you need for sponsors. You have a plan of what you'd like to happen. I have a plan of what I'd like to happen. Yep. How how often does that actually happen? What we want to happen? Very rarely. <laughs> Not like, often. You know, last year in Alberta, we killed a whitetail. You know, awesome deer. I mean, everything came together the first afternoon. This year, we didn't kill one. Nope. We hunted for five days. Yep. Four or five days. Well. That first year, like we couldn't have written it any better. No. And then this last year, we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't buy what we wanted, you know. But we made great stories out of both of them. I think. Well, we we did, and and I, and I don't know if you want to talk to this at some point, but I also think part of that is you have the dynamic when you before the hunt because you and I communicate before the hunt. When we're driving to the place, we're talking about our plan, and when we get there, we're talking about it, and then we execute. Well, and but, that, and we're we're talking leading up to the hunt, before, when, at, you know, at, during, after everything. Absolutely, but there's a whole different dynamic that happens when you're in the tree, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if you want to talk about that now or yeah, down that's, the road. That's down the road, yeah. So we'll we'll get there, but yes, I mean, <clears throat> things just don't happen like you want and, and like you script it, but. You got to be flexible and you got to be open-minded and, and always have that mindset of how do I tell the story, even if things don't go exactly like you want. And part of that, again, is just going back and working and thinking and talking yeah. and just, you're not sitting, I mean, you know, we go on these trips, brother, we're working yeah. from sun up to sundown how and many, people don't think understand. Yeah. Well, how many times have we sat around the table at night after dark and be like, okay, how are we going to salvage this? Yes. How are we going <laughs> to? What are we going to do to make this story better? Okay, like we've got most of what we need, but we're almost there. Correct. What's that one more thing we can go do? What's that one more shot, that one more setup, that one more walking, shooting, calling, you know, hiking, whatever it is. What is the one more thing that's going to put a bow on this thing? And we're constantly, I know you are, I can see your wheels turning all the time, and I know I am, of how do we make this better? And that's not usually sitting still. That's usually doing something. That's usually actively trying to tell a story in the place you are and the time you are with the weather, with the, the equipment, with the outfitter, with the state, the country, the whatever. Um, there's just so many factors. And, and, and when I do pre-production for some of this stuff, sometimes it's as simple as, you know, you know, the weather is going to be a factor of this one. Let's make sure we do that. Yep. Like South Dakota weather yep. was a big, you know, was a big thing. Um, that's how, you know, we use that to tell a story. It was super cold, you know, and uh, we were hunting really old deer, which was a really cool story. We made a, you know, we got a good deer, deer killed. That was awesome, you know. And uh, to me, the story of that whole trip was the weather and that old deer. I mean, that was the whole thing. And then then you throw Dusty in there with his freaking big deer. Yep. I mean, that one rode itself. There wasn't anything that we did. No. I mean, we were just in the right place at the right time, and we hit a record button, and I got you to just talk on camera. We recovered a deer, and it's like, that was that turned out good, you know, but it very well, that deer never showed up and we're sitting there with our pants down nothing, with nothing. No, absolutely. Here's one thing that I think, you know, from a producer standpoint, that if somebody's new getting in the industry, 
that I've seen you do and, I, and I've had others that I've worked with in the past don't do this. And it goes back to how you're telling that story is that every single night when the hunt's done and you're dumping the footage, we're looking at the footage. We're talking about that day. And then that will help you say, okay, we, we got this or we didn't get this today. What do we need to get tomorrow? Versus you film all the, the trip, you look at through the viewfinder and you think you know what you have. But when you get to the end, if it all doesn't work out, you could have maybe done some things on day two or three to help still tell that story a little mm-hmm. better. And because you take the time every night to dump it, we look at it, we talk about it. That's what helps make the story that much better mm-hmm. when the magic doesn't happen just like it's supposed to. And you've got to be honest with yourself. But not yourself. everybody does that. Yeah. And that's well, work. Well, another thing is, 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 is we have to be honest with ourselves is like, okay, you know, we look at that footage and, you know, you ask me like, you know, what did we get? And I'm like, well, we didn't get crap. Exactly. Or what we did get isn't great. You know, we didn't see anything. The weather sucked. The lighting was this, the whatever. And I look at you and I'm like, Brian, I mean, I'm not going to get much out of today. So tomorrow we've got to step it up or vice versa, you know. And there's times where things happen. Um, I mean, God, you name it. I mean, I wanted to tell some stories, and we're getting into that later, but just you name it, and it's freaking happens. Like today, perfect example, is we were going to film a little Rambo shoot. I got Brian to come up to be the talent for a Rambo video that I'm doing. And we start to shoot it at my uncle's house. We're using his house as a prop. And some random guys drive up in a truck <laughs> that are delivering granite to my granddad, yep. drive to the wrong house, and we're about to do a drone shot. Well, we got to get these guys out of the shot before we yep. can do anything. Absolutely. So it's one of those things to where you, you just got to roll with the punches. You know, you just got to stand there and laugh it off. And, you know, tree stands are jacked up or the the seat that they gave you, you're don't broke. You get to a blind and there's not a seat there. I mean, you've had to <laughs> sit on your knees many times. I mean, it's one of those deals to where – you just got to roll with the punches. And you got to and you got to be MacGyver. Yeah, no you doubt. You have to be willing to be flexible and just make it work with what you've got and have a good attitude about it. Even if you're pissed, frustrated, you still got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, here's a question that yes, I think is I get this question asked a lot and I have my ideas and my perspectives on it, but somebody who's had several successful series and and shows What's some advice if somebody's out there wanting to start a YouTube series, somebody's out there wanting to maybe sell a, a series to a, a, a company or a brand, or maybe even they want to go even bigger and do a TV show. What are yep. a couple of things that you'd give them advice wise? You know, I would, I would say, what do you want to accomplish? You know, and, and what do you want the story to be about? Cause to me, it's about telling a story. You've got some folks that are out there that are, that are really funny and they're great on camera with the personality. And that's part of the show mm-hmm. is, you know, they're just great on camera from that standpoint, whether they shoot something or not, people are going to want to watch them because of that. There are other people who are just killers, man. And they're really smart. They understand animals and how the animals you know move and do all different things and then you know part of it is just you want to tell a really cool story and focus on what you're good at so to me I think you be honest with yourself and say okay what is the story and is that going to resonate with people and is it unique is it different because you don't want to be out there and be a copycat and or be something you're not. If I hear another group of guys say, man, we're going to start a show. All right, well, how are you different, man? We're just regular guys. We've yeah. got a job like you and, you know, everybody else. Been like, done. Been done 10,000 times. A hundred percent. And so you just have – and be honest with yourself. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a fun guy, but I'm not going to try to go out there and be Chuck or Michael mm-hmm. Waddell because mm-hmm. it's going to fall flat. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, over the years have said, hey, what am I good at and, you know, what do I think can be – 
organic and like what people will resonate and go that this is me mm-hmm. and and try to tell that story. So I think somebody, number one, what do you want to accomplish in the type of hunting you want to do? Who are you and what kind of hunter are you? And then how are you going to tell that story and try to be as unique and authentic and different as you can without being hokey? Yeah. You know, because well, that's the other turnoff for me is well, people this, that try to be hokey. But you got to be honest with yourself. There's only one Michael Waddell. And that's it. Yeah, absolutely. There's only one Lee and Tiffany. Yep. There's only one Pigman. But the reason people watch them is because there's only one of them. Correct. They kill big stuff. Yeah, that's great. That's a secondary thing. But they watch them because of who they are. If you're going to go out there and try and be Pigman, try and be Michael Waddell, try and be, you can't be that person. They no. they they already exist. That that has been done. You've got to be different, or you've got to be better. Um, there's there's value in having a great production and spending money on production. There's also value in killing lots of stuff. There's lots of value in having a great personality. I think it's got to be a combination of all those things to be great. Can you do it and make money at it? Yeah, it's going to take some time. Absolutely. The, the the people that I watch, whether it's a guy or a girl or a kid or anybody, is when they are out there and I feel like they're being super authentic. Mm-hmm. They're being themselves. If they show the mistakes, if they show the real side of it, that they're having fun and enjoying it and working hard and doing their very best. And again, being authentic, I'm going to watch it and I want to root for that person, you know, and if they fail, then, hey, listen, they fail. And if they succeed, then they succeed. It's those that, you know, are just trying to be something they're not. And they're there to me for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the ones that I just don't watch those anymore. And you're right. There's only one Lee and Tiffany and one of, you know, all those other people so don't try to be that, yeah. and especially if that's not who you are as a person. Just be you, and if you love this stuff and you're willing to learn, then go out there and do it. And uh, But just, again, have a plan and try to tell a story. Like, at the end of it, what do you want people to walk away with? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how do you brand yourself? Because I still think you have to, if you're wanting to separate yourself from everybody else in the industry or to stand out, You have to create a brand, and sometimes it's not the brand you as a person, but the brand is the type of story you're trying to tell and the production you're trying to produce. And for you and I, I mean, honestly, you know, I'm I'm an okay hunter. I don't sit here and pretend to be a great hunter, but I think what we do is we go, we work, and we take your production, what I can do, the best of my ability, and to me, that's the magic of creating a cool product is the combination of, of the things that you and I do. Yeah. It's not just about me. It's not just about you. Probably a little more about you than it is me. <laughs> no. um, but, um, but, I, but here's the thing. I recognize that. And so to me, my goal is less of it to be about Brian and more about the story. And when people watch that go, that was a badass story. Mm-hmm. When you missed, I felt for you. I saw it in your face. Yeah. And when you were successful, I could see how happy you were. And that's to me what I want people to feel. But my job as a producer is to make good talent even better. To take somebody like yourself, like a Chuck, like a Kip, like a whoever, who is already going to do their job to a certain level and say, you know what? And I know you on a personal level, so I can hear you say something and be like, Brian, I didn't like that. That didn't sound like you. Say it like this, like you normally would, and it's better. You know, And, and and that's really hard for, I know that's really hard for a young producer when he's when he's working with somebody new to yeah. to talk to somebody and be like and be brutally honest like I've told you before like Brian that was stupid that yep. was ugly that was whatever and like let's not do that. I've told Chuck that a hundred times like Chuck that was dumb 
we're not doing that. Like he's like, okay, okay, <laughs> you know. But but that happens, and it's gonna happen as much time as man. we film, as much time as we do things, and then I'll film some things that I think are great. And I'll get back into editing. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, and and it, and it hits the cutting room floor. But it, it's one of those things to where we have a relationship to where we can be honest with each other, and I think that's something that guys that are out there that are filming that are filming as a team, you've got to be honest with that person, brutally honest, almost to the point, but. You also have to set those ground rules and, that, and you have that respect for one another. Like, you know, if he says something like that, you know, if he says that was dumb, like let's not say that again or do that again, he probably knows better than I do, you know. Or or not, maybe not knows better than I am, but he's looking out for me in my best interest. You know, because I would never do something other than, other than when you, what are you saying, Columbine instead of Combine, and I'll let you say that the other <laughs> I'm day. I'm very good at making up words. <laughs> Actually, very good. The Ryer was it's in there gift. looking at it. He said, did he just say Columbine? <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah. He did. He said, did you, did you hear him say it? I was like, oh, yeah, I'll let him roll with it. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> but, that, but, I mean, but and that's also half the things that we talk about in the blind and cut, you know, cut up and probably don't kill deer because we are is that kind of that crap. But, um, you know, and that's, that's kind of my next thing is like, how important is that trust? You know, knowing that you have somebody there that not only has your back, that's going to, and, 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 and as a team, you know, that almost yep. goes into the whole team aspect because when we go out on a hunt, it's not you hunting, it's us hunting. It, 100%. It's not you glassing. It's us glassing. It's not you, um, you know, you know, whatever. It's us doing it. You know, if we're moving blinds, if we're moving stands, if we're, if we're strategizing, we're talking. You know, hey, how can we get this thing killed? How can we do this? How can we do that? And that comes with a level of trust. It comes with a level of a huge level of communication, which I want to talk about, like, communication, like, actually on the hunt in a minute. But, um, you know, that's that's got a lot to do with it. A hundred percent. So here's the thing. When you go back to the point you were making about giving feedback, <clears throat> there's a way to give feedback and then there's a reason you're giving the feedback. Mm-hmm. And so when you build that respect with each other, but I know at the end of the day, you're you want the best product for me mm-hmm. and what we're doing. And, and I'm so, putting my name on it too. You're putting your name on it too. And so if I say some you know, word that's like completely wrong in the, you know, English vocabulary, you're going to call me on it. Yeah. Because, and it's, yeah, you're, it, there's the fun part of it, but that's your job at the same time mm-hmm. is to ensure that the finished product is there. So somebody who's, you know, when I'm doing it and I make mistakes, you can't get your feathers ruffled. Yeah. You know, you just, you got to go, okay, made that mistake. And, you know, my wheels get to turning. And so then when you, you know, you make mistakes, I need you to say time yeah. out. Yeah. Let's do this because it's not because you're being a pain in the butt it, to give feedback. You're doing it because you want the best product that you possibly can can give out there. And so I think you have to go in with that mindset of it's not only my best interest, but you want the best product mm-hmm. and you got to be willing to take the time to be that methodical yeah. and that precise on some of the little things that and you think in the early days you took for granted that now, you know what? When somebody's paying you to do this work too, mm-hmm. you need to take that time to be at that level of professionalism. Not only that, but like my feedback changed to it's essentially when the first time we filmed together, it's like probably when you said something I didn't like, hey, Brian, how about we say it this way versus now it's like, that was stupid. Say it again. 
Because <laughs> if you said it that way now, I'd be like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> yeah, because it was it was a little more. It was a gen, it's a gentler touch at the yeah. beginning, and then once you get to know him, you're like, "Dude, uh, yeah. that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Say that again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. When you spend that many days in a yeah. camp and stuff, and oh, you know, we, sitting we've in that sitting in blinds and climbing oh, mountains, and yep. I mean, you just it, you don't understand until you spend that much time with somebody in some of the best times and definitely some of the worst times to where, and then how, how important positivity is, you know, trying to be positive. Well, I'm going to stop you right there, dude, because I, I, where you earn a lot of credit for myself and my brothers is, uh, and I'll tell a little story. So, you know, we love to do the bow hunting. Oh God, I know what you're about to tell. Dude, we're taking you back to mile marker zero. So, so listen, my boy Caleb that y'all don't know, he does not like the beach, nor does he like the ocean. And especially does not like a boat 30 miles off of Key West and 2,000 feet of water. So we like... R.I.P., R.I.P., my Mavic drone. That's it, yes. Sorry, (laughs) Mavic. Uh, That baby's in the bottom of the ocean. So listen, here's the thing. We we do this trip each year, and it's pretty hardcore. Spearfishing and bowfishing, mahi-mahi, down in Key West, and you're out all day, and you got a lot of guys on a small boat. And you weren't having a great time, dude. No, I you lost wasn't. your drone. It's hot, sunburned. It wasn't hot. No, it was sweltering. Listen, but it we, was miserable. It, for you, maybe we loved it. And God. so, but here's the thing: by day two, you're miserable. We still have work to do. You wake up, smile on your face, and you hammer it out. And even the third day was even tougher, dude, because we were in three and a half you know, on a three and a half hour boat ride just to get to where we wanted to start filming. And, um, you know, and we saw cool stuff and stuff that you may not see before, but the bottom line is that was not a fun trip for you, man. No. And you, you put your big boy hat on and your pants and you showed up with a smile and you got the job done. And we all absolutely appreciated that. I've been with people in the past, you know, they may have bitched and whined the whole time or had a sour, you know, look on their face. And um, and so I think, again, you just have to be willing, even in those tough things as a producer, to go with the flow, even when you're not personally having fun, to do a job. And that, to me, is a difference between somebody who wants to do that, you know, for a hobby or if you want to truly be a professional. Mm-hmm. And um, and that, to me, you, you're in your street cred with us on that trip. Well, I... I and every, I told those guys that drive those boats, I'm like, y'all don't make enough money. <laughs> Ain't no way I could do there that There are too many day. sharks in the water. Well, and, uh, there wasn't no way I could get in the water. <laughs> yeah, that was not my cup of tea at all. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't do boats. I don't do offshore. I don't, I didn't like it. That's fine. Don't have, like wherever it. I go this time. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's going to go. That little ginger's going to get so sunburned. <laughs> it's called SPF 200. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We're just going to have to have a permanent shade over him. Whole time, exactly, oh. exactly right. So, communication. Let's go back to yep. that. So, how important and and detrimental, good, bad, and indifferent can it be if you're if I'm if you and I aren't on the right on the same page when an animal's coming in or on a hunt or or whatever? It, it's it's imperative. And so, I've had the good, the bad, the ugly of that over the years. And you have to have a high level of communication. And w- what does that communication look like? I'm on him. Does that mean kill him? Does that mean that you're filming him and you're you're good and mm-hmm. then then you kill him? It's those little things that you may take for granted. And so I think you you have to have that level of communication. To me, the best way that you you do that is that you have one quarterback in that tree, mm-hmm. and it's not me. Yeah, you're the quarterback. 
because you're that's t- a really hard pill for some guys it's, to swallow. Listen, though. you got to check the ego and think about again what is the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And if the ultimate goal is to go and tell the best story that you can tell, and you're part of that story, just pulling the bowstring back and 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 hitting the trigger on the release is only part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, an important part, but everything else, honestly is what really tells the story. And so for me, I'm totally fine with saying, hey, brother, you're the quarterback. You're going to run the show in that capacity, and we're going to communicate. And that helps to ensure that things happen the best that they can possibly happen. And you don't you don't have – you can avoid the errors that are unnecessary. Yeah. Things are going to happen, dude. Yeah. So that to me is important is the the communication and going into and climbing that tree or getting in that blind and knowing who's the quarterback. And then again, you as the quarterback, there's a lot of responsibility with that. So to me, what you've, you do well that I appreciate that maybe others in the past haven't is that at any good quarterback is also a coach in the huddle. Oh yeah. Okay. And so when things aren't going well, you, you, you motivate people and you keep people focused and, and on the job. And so that's something that, you know, has worked well for us. And you do a good job of, you know, when you see me getting, you know, fired up and I get anxious. And, and, I, ho- and, and I want my, and I want my, <clears throat> you know, my hunter to be fired up because if they're not. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. But, but, and you know, my little, you know, little things in the past that I've made mistakes on. Yeah. And so, listen, I want you to remind me of those things. And yeah, it's my job to fix those and improve, but it's it's about communication and coaching each other up and you know you do a good job of that I know you do it with Chuck I know you mm-hmm. do it a lot with me and I appreciate it and I mean you think about the the big buck we killed last year mm-hmm. I mean dude the, if, if people could hear everything that you are talking to me about in that tree mm-hmm. I think they would just it blow their mind yeah um but it helped it happen and and turn out like it did and this year you know when I missed that big buck and hit the branch and you know after the fact you're at your lowest point. Mm-hmm. You can either be a, a jerk and you can be pissed and, and listen, you're disappointed, but at the same time, you, you just, you, you have an approach of, Hey man, it is what it is. Let's get them next time. Mm-hmm. Let's fix what we did wrong. Let's, what do we learn from it? And it salvaged the story. I mean, and there's sal- still a story. There's still a story. And, and that to me is the part. And so I trust you in that, and that, you know, um, you give me that feedback and you're still going to make the most of it because you know there's nobody beating me up more than myself. Yeah, oh, God. And so, but here's the other thing I would tell with people going into this, and, and this is just me. When you go into it, you're not only going into, you know, you're taking time from your family, you're taking time from your job, or you're, you're doing stuff with sponsors and you're getting paid to do this. But that's why I think you have to take it seriously and have that level of communication because, when I when I miss or make a mistake, I feel like I've let you down too. Mm-hmm. And so there's that high level of you know responsibility when you go to these things that I think is important. You don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, and I've I've been guilty of that over the years. Um, but at the same time, I think you got to take it serious enough. And again, it goes back to the whole level of communication, having a plan in there. Because if you just wing it and you make mistakes that you probably shouldn't have made, then you got to think. Not only did I waste my time, a family's time, but I'm wasting your time, your family's time. Those are all the things that I think are part of, you know, that whole relationship. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of, and I think that's another thing that a lot of people that watch content, especially hunting content, take, take for granted is how much time was put into that. Yeah. Um, 
t- time and money yep. and uh, an effort and energy and thought to boil down to them watching, you know, 30 seconds of somebody killing something. Yep. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, I like a good kill shot as much as anybody else. Absolutely. But there's a ton of time, effort, money, energy, thought, blood, sweat, and tears go into virtually every one of them. Very few of them come together without a hitch. Um, I, I can probably name two or three in my entire career, and one of them was Alberta with me and you. And that yep. was that doesn't happen no. ever. Uh, I don't think I've ever killed on the first day of a trip before, except for Alberta. I mean, maybe on the second or third day, but not on a trip like that with a freaking amazing deer, with great yep. footage, with a good shot, with a good recovery, with good lighting. You know, just everything happens like it's supposed to. Yep. That just that's you just count your lucky stars and go buy a lottery ticket. That's the kind of thing that happens. But um, <clears throat> how would you say? I mean. I know the answer to this, but we've worked together a lot. And I think the more you work with someone and the more trust you get and the more respect and the more communication that you get, I think things streamline even more. Yep. Things become easier. Because literally now, if we had to, you could call me tomorrow and say, hey, we're going so where, you know, so-and-so, we're yep. going to film so-and-so, and we could go do it. 100%. Versus some random person, if they called me and I'd be like, okay, I need some more information. Yep. Versus you, I'd be like, Brian says we're going, we're going. Yep. If Chuck calls me and says we're going, we're going. You Correct. know, I get it. I, yep. We can we can figure this out. And that, that has a ton of value to me. Um, and, and I'm assuming it would have that much value for you too. To, to know Absolutely. that you've been with someone and you can trust them enough to say, here's what we're going to do. And we go do it. Well, absolutely. I mean, we literally could have a conversation driving to our location or an hour before the hunt and literally come up with the game plan and go and execute mm-hmm. because I know along the way your wheels are going to start turning and you're going to start wanting to tell the story and, and you're going to have me do certain things. And, and we've been there before. We've been there before. And that way you just go get the job done. And if you ask me to do something, you're asking for a reason. And if I ask you to do something, I'm asking you for a reason. And so that's what makes it work is again, there's that relationship, that trust and respect. And the one thing that I would just really encourage people that are that are doing this or wanting to get into it and, and if you've done it for a while is man you got to check the ego I mean think of this as a blessing that you get to go out there and you get to shoot animals and hunt and you know make mistakes and learn from it and have somebody there filming you and, and telling a story and I think if you look at it from that standpoint of this is a team effort we're there to do a job and make the most of it and have fun and it's less about you as a person it comes across more authentic and more pe- people are going to want to watch it even if you don't do everything perfect mm-hmm. and so that's just you know i've for whatever reason have always focused more on the hunt and the animal rather than it being about me or us and for whatever reason you know i think that resonates better with people yeah what would you say is the difference between a cameraman and a producer what's the difference uh wow one you hate being called a cameraman yeah (laughs) um listen anybody that has spent the time that we have doing the work that we've done is you're we're there producing something okay Mm -hmm. so there are times i'm i'm a field producer with you Mm because i'm giving you ideas on it so i don't consider myself the host or a hunter Mm -hmm. we're there to do a job and produce it so a producer is really the captain. 
you, you have the vision, you're telling the story. Sometimes you are running a camera. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're editing. Sometimes you're, you're storyboarding. Sometimes you, you are thinking big picture on how to tell that story. And so, and sometimes you're moving a blind and cutting down limbs and doing all of that. It's way more than just toting a camera uh, around. Absolutely. And so if you truly want to call yourself a producer, you are a jack of all trades, but you are the ultimate professional when it comes to telling the story and, and pushing record is just one small part of that whole process. And so if you don't like being called a cameraman, then don't just be a cameraman. Yeah. Be a true producer. And a true producer is, and I go back to the analogy of a good quarterback that can give tough feedback, that can be motivational, that can be positive, that can, at the end of the day, say, here's what we need to do to tell that story and be able to have people go, Okay, man, let's do it. And keep it real with you sometimes. And keep it real with yeah. you. And, 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 you know, and, and not be an asshole, but at the same time, it, it's the real part because of the trust and respect. Yeah. And, that, and that doesn't always happen. And sometimes, you know, you, you don't have that with people. And so if you don't have it and there's a little animosity or it gets a little touchy, um, I think you got to step back and say, hey, what can we do better mm -hmm. and understand what's the ultimate goal and just reevaluate that relationship and if you're able to get to that point, whoever you're filming and hunting with and, and whoever's willing to be that captain, um, then you're going to do some really cool stuff. And so I think if you, those people that have had the opportunity to be on both sides, when you've produced and you've, you've hosted, if you want to call that, it gives you a different perspective because you now appreciate, and that's a key word, mm -hmm. dude, dude, I appreciate what you do because it's tough, man. It's hard, and you appreciate what I do because you know that there's pressure to, to get the job done. And, and so when you have that mutual respect and understand and appreciation of what each other's doing, there's no judgment. Well, I think it's, I think it's super important to know your role because what I mean by that is I know it's, we work together, but I also know what my job is. My job is to run the camera. My job is to set up shots. My job is to try and be creative. Yep, this your, is. your job is to to give me the products and the places that we need to go. Your job is to um, hunt, to be on camera, to you know, to listen to direction, to add to the story, to um, do all those things. But you, we don't. I stay in my lane. We, I, you stay in your lane, and I stay in my lane. You know, and That's if it's, it. and, and there's never, there's never, a, there's never a question of okay, well, who's doing that? Yeah, we know, we know who's doing what. Yep. Um, but there's, but there's never a reluctance for me to help you or you to help me. And and that's that's super important because of of that that respect that time together. But when I, I go, we go to a job, we go to a hunt, we go to a place, and we also make it pretty clear to the other people in camp, like, look. We're, we're going to have a good time, but we're also here to do a job. Yep. We're not here to, I mean, I've been in some camps with some quote unquote shows and TV shows and web shows that it's a joke. I don't know how they do anything. I don't know how they get anything done. Yeah. Cause they, they spend more time drinking and partying and doing yep. dumb stuff than I don't know how they do anything and to each their own. But it's one of those deals to where I know that I'm there to do a job. I mean, I'm, I'm being paid to be there. Yep. You know, it's not a, I mean, and, I'm going back to this, but we, we have a really good time. I mean, yep. there's only one or two trips I can think of in the last three or four years on anything that I've done that 
They weren't fun. Yep. You know, but it's one of those things to where we understand our role. We stay in our lane. We do a good job. High five at the end if we get something killed. If we don't, we still tell a story because we do it every day. Well, that's another thing I want to talk to you about. How how much do I, when I'm running camera, because you, you noticed it. It was after two or three shows we had filmed, but you never said anything. Did I film a lot less than people that you used to work with? Like, kind of explain that. Absolutely, and and even more than what I would film when I was, you know, producing and running a camera. <clears throat> and that is, you have the ability. It, it, let me step back. It goes back to knowing what your goal is and what story you want to tell. And I think you have the ability in your head to say, okay, this is the story I want to tell, and I'm going to shoot and find the shots to tell that story. Dude, you don't run camera nonstop. No. And there are people that I've worked with that run camera nonstop. And so I guess, you know, if that's their style, that's okay. But you are very methodical. And so when you say, so this is what I've learned. When you say, stop, we need to get that shot. Dude, I know you need that shot because mm-hmm. you're not shooting constantly. But that's a shot that you know tells the story. Mm-hmm. That is a piece of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's that takes time, I think, and, you know, an expertise to be able to know that you don't have to shoot nonstop. Because at no. first I was like, man, is you know, I was a little worried, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but when you look at the finished product, you're like, everything you got was perfect. Yeah. And so I think that takes a little maturity. It takes a, a little bit of confidence um, and seeing the shot and knowing the shot and knowing what story you want to tell the best you can it doesn't always work out that way but you never show up somewhere and go I'm just going to wing this thing yeah you have in your head how are we going to try to tell that story the best you can well, that, and I, I think helps I, I know what I need and I know what I don't need yeah I go into editing and I guarantee you I use 80 85 percent of what I shoot very little hits the cutting room floor because I know what I'm not going to use I know, and, and, and it's in like Clay's in there editing some stuff that I was shooting, and he, he's edited stuff that I didn't shoot and stuff that I did shoot. He's like, man, your shooting makes it way easier in editing. I'm like, because I know what I need. Well, I don't shoot it if I don't need it. Well, here's the other thing, too. I think you've probably, it's it's forced you to do this. You think about how many jobs you're getting right now, and you're turning people away. You're turning big names away in the industry of people that want you to do work for them and produce. And so for the volume of work you have to do. So when you dump all that in there, if you have, you know, way more than you need and you've got to go through that to get to it, that's a waste of time. God dang. It's so much waste of time so, watching through crap. You're not so use. even from a business standpoint, it's you, you tell the story to be as effective and efficient as you possibly can. So when you're in front of the computer and you're dumping footage and you're telling the story in the timeline, you're that much more efficient to then get the job done to then move on something else to another client. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the other business part of it is, you know, time efficiency in the field, but also time efficiency in the studio. When you're at the level that you're at right now and you've got to crank out the quality of content for the type of people that you're producing for in a timely manner, in a timely manner, then um, that forces you to do that. And I've, and I've had to edit and, and, and get things from what I call, um, guys that vomit through the lens that they just that are recording constantly. Yeah. And there's I say there's nothing wrong with it other than it taking an incredible amount of time to edit. Yep. Um and you still sometimes don't get what you need because most of the time guys that vomit through the lens are medium shoulder height and that's what you get the whole time. They don't change angles, they don't change 
focal lengths, they don't change. Lenses, they don't change anything. Everything looks the same. But they give you a lot of stuff to pick from, but it all looks the same. It lo- here's, the other, here's the other part of it. So from a producer standpoint and from a hunter, let's think about this, man. When you're out there and you're in the groove and you're chasing, you're chasing an elk, man, and you're going, and you have to then stop every 10 minutes for a shot, mm-hmm. That slows your mojo down, man. That oh, yeah. slows the flow of getting, you know, and doing what you need to do, whether you're chasing a bird or chasing an elk or whatever, that, you know, when you have to constantly stop and shoot footage, it just sometimes gets in the way of the hunt when you have to go get that part of it done. And so when you get to a level where you're at, when you know, okay, I can pass all this up. And when you tell me again, this is a shot I need. Then it's work. We got to stop and get that shot. Yeah. But then, you, but you're not wasting a lot of time in between. That's preventing you from maybe being successful and getting close to that animal. Well, sometimes I'm letting the story develop. I'm letting I'm letting things happen. I'm getting into the location. I'm getting I'm letting animals get moving. I'm letting all these things happen before I'm like, okay, now I know I'm going to need that. Yep. You know, versus let's shoot 15 things and take five times longer to, you know, to, yep. to walk this 300 yards versus well, let's walk this 300 yards. Let's see if there's something over there. If there's nothing over there, I'm not going to use any of that crap anyway. That's yep. So versus, you know, I can walk over there. If there's an elk there, we can do all that. And then on the way back or the way out, I'm like, Hey, let me get this walking shot. Cause I'm going to need one going in. hundred percent. Well, I mean, I just I mean, it might not be how it happened, yep. but I'm still telling the story. And that's what I think so many guys get caught up on is they want to film everything live. And as it happened in chronological order, and by all means, have at it. But the problem with that is, is you're taking away from your, first of all, you're taking away from the hunt. You're working yourself to death. Yep. And at the end of the day, this is entertainment. We're, we're, we're telling a story. We're, we're filming something. We're filming a show that just happens to be about hunting. I've said that before. Is at the end of the day, this is entertainment. And if you, if you feel like in the only way that you can be legitimate show, web show, sh- you know, anything is to film everything exactly like it happened in chronological order, good luck, man. Dude, it's not, it's not happening that way. And you don't feel bad about it. I mean, again, it goes well, back to just, what it, people are like, well, man, that's, you're lying to us. I'm like, well, dude, have you ever watched anything on television? You've been lied to. I can yep. guarantee it. Yep. But it's not, it's not lying to you. It's like, we're trying to tell the story the best way that we can. Yep. And we're adding production value in it. I mean, if we just ran, if I just ran through the woods, shoulder shoulder holding the camera, could I accomplish the same thing? I could accomplish the same story, but it wouldn't look good. It wouldn't have production value. It wouldn't have motion. It wouldn't be high speed. It wouldn't have good light. It wouldn't have, you know, the light hitting where I want it to. It would, I couldn't get shadows out. I couldn't do all these things I, as a producer, want to do. If I'm just holding a handy cam, chasing somebody through the woods, or sitting in a tree stand, anybody can do that. Well, they can. To me, the magic happens. When you have the ability to tell the story in production value and keep it as real as possible, and that's hard to do. And there are a lot of shows out there that we all know that are super, you know, well-produced. They're crazy cinematic, but that's a lot of what the show is. And there's others that are just kill, 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 and that's fine too. But for me, I like the blend of both and finding that balance and the feedback that I've gotten over the years is, you know, people enjoy is keeping it as real as you absolutely can, but knowing that 
in order to have some production value, it's not going to all happen in the time frame in which you want it to happen in, yeah. in the live time frame. So you got to go back and recreate stuff. But what we don't do, and I've done in the past, and I've been guilty of this, is you have the recreates that are so staged that it just looks like dog crap. Oh, yeah. and, and and you look, go look back and go, man, you know what? Lesson learned. It was not intentional. It's just it's not having a producer that has that kind of vision. And so, you know, so that, that to me is, it's not going back and staging it. So it's so unrealistic, but recognizing that sometimes you just got to go back and, you know, yeah. add something in to tell the story. Yeah. And, and, and it happens. I mean, every trip, there's always something that you've got to go back and do. You got to go back and get in it, but it's just part of the deal. What, what are some of the things that you feel like you've learned from being in front of the camera? you know, more and more? Because I know you've, you do used to do a good bit of cell phone, but most mm-hmm. of the time now you're in front of it. What are some things that you've learned about creating content, time, effort, energy, you know, anything that's, you know, came along with this, this whole gig? To me, I go back to having a plan and knowing what the objective is for that particular hunt or whatever the shoot is. And so, you know, I've, I've learned to have that plan be as natural as you can be. And I, I found myself that when I get a little too staged or a little too robotic, it comes off that way in front of the camera. Well, your, your, your biggest problem that I've seen is your brain works way faster than your mouth does is your, yeah. you <laughs> get going and you'll just, you'll fumble through words. I'm like, take a deep breath. That's it. Like you, cause you've got 75 things you want to say and yep. you're pumped up about the hunt and you're excited. And that's what I want people to see. But then you just, you, you yep. can't get a word out. And I'm like, okay, slow yeah. down. Special K, stop, slow talk. down. <laughs> stop. Slow down. Start talking to me. All right. And so it's that's just exa- It's just me and you. It's just me and you, brother, and the whole world watching. But <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Uh, no, and that's 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 true. I mean, and that's the thing you have to, again, goes back to that humility and, and check yourself. and But just be yourself. Don't be robotic. Um, it, tell the story and just be as natural as you possibly can be and, and be humble and appreciate the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think if you go in there and it's all about the kill and it's all about you, then I think it comes across very, um, you know, unauthentic. And to me, the biggest thing for me is my whole brand is not about me. It's not about the, the kill per se, but it, the brand for me is about the story mm-hmm. and that I want somebody to go. I wish I was there. I felt like I was there with you. I felt the the happiness when you got it done, and I felt the pain when you missed and screwed up. Mm-hmm. And I've had plenty of those, brother. I mean, and, and you can never go back. Um, but so those are the things that I, I've just learned and become to appreciate. And so when you think about – here's the thing, man. You think about Alberta this year was probably one of the lowest lows for me mm-hmm. on that hunt, and you saw me in that in that position – and, you know, I had a little gut check and you and I had a conversation in the tree around some things that I personally needed to adjust and fix some things skill wise in my shooting that I needed to adjust and fix. And I spent two weeks and, and improved on those things the best that I could. And the other part of it's a mindset. When we go to South Dakota, you didn't carry any of that from Alberta to South Dakota. It was a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Let's go do this thing, man. And that's part of being the coach. And so we had an incredible hunt and finish and did something I've never done and shoot a, a, an old mature buck on Halloween and told a story that just was as good as I think we could have ever told. Uh, and so that to me, 
um, is also important is just being able to be, you know, honest with yourself when things, you know, you're doing well, great. And when you need to fix things, be willing to fix it and adjust it and check the ego and be humble. And I think when you have that perspective, because here's the thing too, I have a whole nother career that I do. Mm -hmm. I'm not shooting seven days a week. I'm not checking cameras five days a week. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's a balance. And so you, you sometimes can get, um, you, you can lose your touch on some things. And so you have to go back and fine tune that or stay very diligent. So my point is, um, you, you just have to have those things in mind, be humble, um, be willing to, you know, have a fresh start. And when you can do all that, you can accomplish some really cool things. No, for sure. Um, what is some, uh, you, you've done a good bit of self-filming. What are, uh, how, how is self-filming, I, I mean, how is that different than having someone over your shoulder? You know, I, I, I kind of more like, I guess, to me, I, I don't even like hunting by myself anymore just because yeah. it's, it's I enjoy having the team part of it so much. Like, I, I don't really hunt by myself anymore. And when I do hunt for myself, it's usually on an elk hunt and I'm with, you know, one other person. So, like, kind of this perspective of being by yourself versus having somebody with you. Like, kind of what's your take on that? You know, um, so I did a lot of self-filming. And, and actually, I, I enjoyed it because, one, it was a challenge. And so, to me, it went back to how can I shoot an animal and tell a really cool story and do it all by myself? Whether it was a turkey or it was a deer. And, and I did some that were just horrible <laughs> and just like you know you either miss the shot or you don't shoot the animal because you're so worried about the camera or you shoot the animal and you didn't get the camera right and I've done it both with deer and you know with turkeys and so you know I personally I, I don't mind doing it obviously when you have somebody in the tree to help tell that story it's that much better um, but if you're going to do some self-filming and you want to be successful at it I think what you've, you've got to be willing to do is to set everything up to allow you to tell the story in as many different camera angles as you possibly can and, and you know, and, and be willing to be patient and let that animal come into frame and to tell the story that you possibly can. And as somebody watching self-filming, I think you got to also be a little less critical of people that if it's not perfectly framed right. Yeah but appreciate how damn tough it is oh God, dude. for somebody who's trying to shoot a deer, um, you know, any time of the year with a camera and a bow and get it all within frame and have it look fairly decent. That's not easy to no. do. And I, and I, so to me, I'm far less critical yeah. of anybody who's self filming just because I know it's tough versus some of the people in the industry who I know have a, a, a field producer and a cameraman and it doesn't look good because to me, they didn't do the work. No. So, um, so I think to me, the self-filming thing is fun. It's, you know, it, to me, it's a little less pressure because I know it doesn't have to be perfect mm -hmm. and you know what? And you know, if I get it done, cool. Yeah. Did something I've harvested an animal and I filmed it. And it looks pretty good. And to me, you know what? That's a uh, job well done. And when I see somebody do that, um, listen, the, one of the coolest hunts I ever did is I self-filmed my first Osceola turkey hunt. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, you know, I called the bird in, did everything, shot it with the bow, filmed it myself and it was okay footage and it turned out pretty cool. And to me, that's one of the funnest hunts I've ever done. Yeah. See, and, but that's what it's, that's what matters. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're not trying to make money at this, if you're not trying to make a show of it, if you're not trying to, you know, make a career or get some free gear hunts out of this, Man, just go do it and enjoy it. Yep. Have a good time. And the cool thing is now you've got that forever. Ever. Forever. Absolutely, man. Your kids, your grandkids, your everything. They, I mean, they'll watch that forever. And um, that's what's important to me. You know, like getting into this, most of the hunts that I've done, personal hunts from the last, you know, seven or eight years, most of them are on camera. And it's not because I wanted them filmed for some show. It's because I wanted to have them. Absolutely. You know, you know there was always, you know, usually I used it for some sort of project, but even if I didn't, if I had the opportunity to bring somebody, I would. Yep. Just because it's, you know, I've got that forever and ever and ever. Absolutely. Um, and that's important. And it, you can't put a, you show, I know I've been with a couple of people that have never killed anything on camera before. Like my uncle this morning, uh, you met him. Um, we went to and killed a bear this spring in Saskatchewan and he had never been on camera, never killed anything on camera. And now he's got that, and he thinks that is the coolest thing Absolutely, ever. Absolutely, man. Because it's there forever. Absolutely. It's like that, that mount that mount doesn't even matter anymore. Nope. He's got a video. He's like, you want to see that bear? I got the video of that yeah. bear. <laughs> and he'll show you the video because that's that's what's cool to him. And and, and, it's re- and it's cool to think about, but a lot of guys are, man, that's, that's cost too much money or it's big a pain in the butt or blah, 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 until they kill their first thing on camera. They're like, now I get it. Well, so here you take it to that level, and then when you start incorporating your kids into this, yeah. so wait till your kids get older, dude, yeah. and you start taking them with you in the blind and hunts. Some of my most cherished hunts are with my boys on camera, whether it's shooting a deer or turkeys, and the looks on their faces that I will have that for me and for them forever yeah. and at the time you know it's a little bit of work and they don't like to do the cutaways and, and you, you know you got to not overdo it mm-hmm. um but i look back now and they go back and show all of their friends yeah and dude they love it and yeah. so you just you, you know there's a balancing act of that with the kids but filming yourself is cool if you ever get to you know a kid nephew a friend somebody you see a kid on camera yeah Dude, they're gonna light up, and that's what makes it all worth it. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, I, I appreciate the heck out of you coming on, and I uh, appreciate you coming up today. And dude, it's my me. pleasure. No problem. Well, I will. Uh, we don't have anything till the springtime, do we? No, we don't, dude. We're gonna be uh, in South Dakota and uh, with uh, Mr. Billy down in Florida chasing some Osceolas oh, in March. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Kylie, we need to get him on the podcast. I don't know if I got a beat button enough for Billy though. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a parental guidance yeah uh, i need a four filter second, four second delay um for billy um but yeah no i appreciate it and uh um, it's been an honor dude it will uh yeah spring can't I'm, I'm ready for spring dude you know me and love kill some birds. but listen this year we're gonna be shooting some birds in the face with a shotgun God. and you're gonna like finally put that bow down i gotta kill one with the bow Oh. But we're going to shoot a bird in the face with a shotgun. Yes. And um, I've only shot, of all the turkeys I've shot and slams I've been able to get, I've only shot one with a shotgun. Yeah. So it'll be nice to uh, shoot one again in the face. Gosh, I cannot wait. All right, buddy. Well, uh, all right. let's uh, let's get out of here. All right, later, bro.